Bro, 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 bro. Daniel Bryan is the 9-11 of WrestleMania 30. <laughs> it's a joke, right? Oh, but yeah. out of context, that shit sounds terrible. Heel Nakamura is best for business. The uh, Nutcracker Prince or whatever you want to call him. I'm <laughs> all great. about I'm all about That's it. That's a t-shirt. Well, he was right about this. Well, of course he was, man. He also predicted three other things to happen with that same prediction. Like... Bro, 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 bro. Say hello to the bald guy. And bow down to your king. This is Drive-By. Welcome, welcome. I am Mike Shooter Marcus. He is the king of nerds, Mike Forrest. And we are the Mikes on Mikes. What's up, you beautiful, (laughs) bald bastard? Well, uh, you know... A whole lot of nothing and a whole lot of everything all at once, man. It's to say it's been a crazy week in the world of pro wrestling and pro wrestling happenings and pro wrestling rumors and Twitter nonsense. I mean, it's fun because I don't remember a time where there's been this much much buzz and... I don't even know where I'm searching for, man, but just so much, so many different things going on all at once. Yeah, what, what do they call it, Pyro and Ballyhoo? It's just yeah. insane right now. And That's what Vince I, Russo calls it. That is, bro. But I think we... You don't understand Pyro and Ballyhoo. If you don't know what Pyro and Ballyhoo means, bro, don't even talk to me. Because what, what, what I'm saying is, if you don't understand what Pyro and Ballyhoo means... You don't fundamentally understand how the business works. You have never wrote uh, the most successful period of time in wrestling history. So don't talk to me if you don't know what Pyro and Ballyhoo means, bro. Bro. Well well said, Mr. Russo. Thanks for the uh, run in there. Um, yeah, sit your bitch ass down. <laughs> King, have you... Can you remember a time where there's been this much buzz in the industry? The last time I remember anything close to this was when Vince bought WCW. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a very fair comparison because don't get me wrong, the Monday Night Wars was a whole was was full of buzz too, but it was a different kind. This is just it. Also, don't forget that by the end of it, it, it wasn't a war, man. It was it was done. The war was done. It was yeah. like it was like how people talk about the Cleveland Pittsburgh rivalry. Like there used to be a Cleveland Pittsburgh rivalry. There's no rivalry now. Like Pittsburgh, yeah. <laughs> isn't worried about playing Cleveland. Uh, they probably shouldn't moving forward. But um, that's how the Monday Night Wars was. So it wasn't like things were kind of died down by then. So when he bought WCW, there was so much oh what ifs and what could happen and who's going where and that was the last time I really can remember anything like this because that's kind of what happened. It went from this like well we got WW. what's gonna happen now yeah exactly and i mean as i've stated on this podcast numerous times before it was even exclusively the two of us i shouldn't say exclusively uh before you came my official uh co-host hosting partner whatever you want to call it uh, i i often referred to myself as the voice of reason and 
I think we're going to have to go back to that a little bit today, Mike. We're going to kind of explain to everybody how we need to be very careful in this exciting time and, and tread lightly because how much of this is real, how much of this is fake, how much is just a narrative created by the talking head. So I want to get into all of this and something that was a really good listen. If you didn't listen to it, make sure you go back because it set a lot of things straight. And I think there's still a little bit of kayfabe in here. I think you would agree with me on that, Mike. Yeah. Plus you can't really like believe three quarters of anything this dude says anymore. Yeah. Well, Chris Jericho (laughs) is a master of kayfabe and he did his podcast talk of Jericho and he basically laid it all out on the line talking about his decision to go to AEW to basically fully leave the WWE mothership, right? Mm-hmm. That he did. And he did, and he did it in a tremendous fashion. Now, I, I wanted to talk about this because you and I kind of had a back and forth, and I was, now that I reflect on it, pretty stupidly under the impression that Vince had no idea. I was completely wrong on that. See, I can admit that shit, Mike, unlike some other people that make wild predictions, and then just be like, well, things changed. <laughs> the Dave. The Dave. But uh, he, he went on, he did explain, and if you didn't listen, we're going to kind of catch you up. He did explain that Vince was fully aware, basically, of every decision he's made so far, uh, including New Japan, including All In, including AEW, all of this stuff. But he basically kind of laid it out there that AEW was offering something different. He knew he'd have a chance to be more creative. He knew the schedule would be different. And he kind of said, like, with Fozzie, it's almost, this is almost, and you can agree or disagree, Mike, this is almost, Jericho going to AEW, I also think because of New Japan and what he did over there, all this stuff was a lot of happenstance, and a lot of it stems off the fact of how successful his band has become. That's kind of what I took away from it too. He flat out says Fozzie was a, it was Fozzie was always like a thing he could do. He could be a wrestler and then do Fozzie. But he said Fozzie was at a point where he couldn't do both at the same time. Right. And so uh, with the WWE schedule. He just was locked in. He, he can't come and go as he pleases, which he kind of already did, but, like, he can't really anymore, if that makes sense. Right, well, it, yeah, and if you think about it, before the, you know, I the the album before the one that they just released, uh, To Start a War, I think it was called, it was where they started to get some more mainstream attention. And between that was between the that one and the new one, Judas, was when he basically had that stint with the Kevin Owens stuff and all that. And with this new album, they kind of took off, man. I mean, they're not Metallica, but they're definitely... They're no longer just the opening act in a bar that comes for some minor mainstream band. On a festival poster, they're no longer on the third from the bottom row they're the third from the top right yeah which is which is a big deal if you follow music and hard rock and heavy metal really any music and that's no shit because i just bought tickets to a festival and they're on the third fucking row of bands yeah 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 which which is is incredible so it's a terrible goddamn lineup 
fucking five finger death punch, <laughs> shine down, seether, skillet. I like seether. Um, it's terrible. Like I saw it and I was like, oh my god, this looks awful. But my wife likes a lot of Godsmack. Uh, my wife likes a lot of these bands that are on it. Godsmack puts on a great show. Godsmack man. puts on a great show, so I don't mind seeing them. I and they have a few songs I like. Um, but I was looking at this like, holy shit, this is gonna be <laughs> the festival itself. If you guys don't know, it's in uh, Mansfield, Ohio, at the Mansfield Reformatory, which is where they shot um, the. Help me out here, Mike. It's where they shot. It wasn't um, Shawshank, was the, it? Yeah, it was. It was Shawshank. It's where they shot Shawshank <laughs> at. It's the prison where they shot Shawshank at and the Godsmack uh, a live video and a bunch of other shit's been done there. But It's supposed to be super haunted, too. Yeah, it's supposed to be super haunted. But on uh, their grounds, they throw like a big hard rock, three-day hard rock festival. And um, last year was the first year and I went and had a blast. It's So if you guys are in the area, it's a ton of fun. Even though the lineup's shitty, but I was like, "Cool, stab, stabbing westward." Wow, <laughs> they still do I, stuff. I want to hear four songs by them. Fuck yeah! <laughs> live, live is also on the bill. I was like, "Shit, I want to hear four songs by Live." So you know, got eight songs by two bands to look forward to. I'll probably get to hear probably all four of those live songs but I better hear one of those Stabbing Westward songs because the other ones are deep cuts because I was a deep cut Stabbing Westward fan you'll hear you'll hear those four songs by live and then you'll hear five six and seven and be like wait I like these songs too and you won't even realize it till they're yeah, playing yeah that's them. true because I like live and I've seen live live I've seen live live before and they put on a fucking I'd love to good see show. live live yeah they put on a great yeah. show I've never seen them but I've heard good things so yeah man Fozzie so that was the other thing I was like <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, at least I'll fucking Chris Jericho will be there. So maybe I'll get, like, a cool Jericho shirt to wear. And with the Fozzie stuff, the thing is, like, he basically said, you know, when he came to, and I've heard I've heard people actually say, well, Jericho was pissed when he did the Raw 25 that he only got a backstage segment. And that's actually exactly the opposite of what he said. He really didn't even want to do the Raw 25 because he knew it was just a one-off and he was doing something so different in New Japan. So he basically told them, I'll do it, but I want a backstage segment and that's it. And that's what he got. And he wore his Alpha shirt. It was awesome. It, it even, it didn't take, I don't think it took anything away from what he was doing in New no, Japan. No, it was awesome just to have him in that segment. Just that segment right. alone wearing the Alpha shirt was awesome. Right, and then he does the greatest Royal Rumble, and, and you know that got switched around. And he made the point that the reason he wasn't in that casket match is solely, in his opinion, and I think he's right, is because now he was doing another match in New Japan, and Vince was thinking, "Why would I put this guy on a grand stage who's going to go do another big match for another company?" Well, and he I totally signed a three-match contract at that point. He said. He said after that first match with Kenny Omega, he signed a three-match contract with them. He said, I want to do something at New Year's Dash. Uh, what can we do? So he signed a three-match contract, and he said that's when Vince kind of – he said when he told him about the first one, he's like, oh, I love it. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. And he, yeah. Said, he said when he told him about the three-match contract, he said he was less enthusiastic. <laughs> right, right. And I've – 
probably could see Vince thinking, oh, I'm starting to lose this guy, which is, is eventually the outcome. But uh, he's basically just going on that he had full communication and, you know, he lost, he wanted NXT to be on a cruise. That didn't work out. It almost seemed as like, and he, I, he might have said as much. He kind of felt like, and I, I might be just saying this out of my ass. It might not have been what he said. Maybe I translated it in my head. But, like, it's like when you call someone and they're not returning your calls, but they say, hey, I still want to talk to you, but they never call you back. I have a friend like that, to be quite honest. Um, and that's what Jericho felt like because he'd throw things out there, not get a call, something that I am so mad they didn't go go for, which is something that I believe you and I suggested, was SummerSlam, IC Champ versus IC Champ. Yeah, he said he pitched it. He said he pitched it. He wanted him. He wanted Rollins. And that would have been absolutely incredible. Uh, and he said he didn't get told no, he just, you know, never heard back, which is kind of incredible that that kind of stuff just got dropped, but I, maybe Vince was just cold to the whole thing by this point. I don't know. But long story short, he says a few things that I think people need to keep in mind. And, and this is, we're going to sort this is all going to circle back at the end of the show. He said that he loves Vince McMahon. He still looks at him the same way, like a father figure. He loves the WWE. He loves that company and the platform they gave him for, you know, what, 18 years, something like that? Mm, yeah. I, I think he said 18 years. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's something that I think wrestling fans need to remember. There's no ill will between either of these. He said, you know, the the conversation they had for the AEW thing was a, you know, an amicable conversation. There was no animosity, probably some hurt feelings and maybe some not so thrilled on the WWE side, but you know, it is what it is and I don't I don't know if we'll see Jericho in a wrestling, you know, wrestling in WWE again, but he's a Hall of Famer. There's no question about that. Yeah. And I believe he'll come back to do something to end his career there. He signed a three-year deal with AEW. I imagine he'll ride that three-year deal out and probably come back to finish his career in WWE, even if it's a non-wrestling thing. I mean, you think about it. Jericho is a perfect guy to have down in the PC. He already lives in Florida. I think, I, you imagine? I think he's just too busy to be in the PC. Yeah, now, but I'm saying in the, I'm saying down the road. Um, it's something that I could see if he if he wanted to do that. So I don't think I don't think we'll see Jericho. Uh, we're definitely not going to see him on a full time basis in WWE again. But I don't think it's the last time we've ever seen him in the WWE. I'll be honest with you, man. I, I it's not going to happen. But it wouldn't shock me if he showed up in the Rumble. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me, but it's not going to happen. Uh, it's not going to happen, but it wouldn't shock me. I'd like to stress one thing that he also makes sure that he said a lot. He, he said this a lot. He said, um, I knew if I went back to WWE, I was just going to be the list guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that that well, had more to do with it than anything else. And I also, and I believe... I I and I, I talk to you guys so much, and you know I interact with people on Twitter and Facebook and different pages because I try to take all this in to present it to you guys and give a good idea of what's really going on in social media in pro wrestling and how the fans feel. That's the whole idea of this show, right, Mike? Correct. 
So I don't know where I got this, and if it was from one, of, if it was from you or Jim or uh, Bigfoot, let me know. But uh, somebody said, I think it was Jim. I could be wrong, but somebody made the point that maybe Jericho, and you can take this from what you just said. He knew if he went to WWE, he wasn't going to be the top, top guy. Where in AEW, there's a chance for him to be the top guy. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, and to be like, I love Jericho, but he's not going to be a top guy in WWE. Not at this point in his career. He's just not. No, they're focused on other things. And they have to be. That company has to be, right? Yeah, and that's fine. So, I mean, I think that definitely played a lot in his decision. And that was not, I didn't take that as an insult to WWE. I took that more of Chris Jericho realizing the scope of his career and what he can do. He can do more for AEW and for himself in that company than he can for WWE, who's already established. They already have a huge following and they're already set. They're, they're golden. They're going, they're, they're moving on regardless. Yep. I, uh, also, I have two like other takeaways from this, and they're both real small, quick things. The first one is he said we, referring to AEW, an awful lot. Right. So it leads me to believe he is highly invested in this. They are considering him uh, one of them, almost, as far as like people running the show. He's going to be the elder statesman. Yes. He's going to be... And the, not, not the, he's going to be the Dusty. You know what I mean? Yes. He's going to be the Ric Flair. Yeah, exactly. And he really, we, he's all into this. Like he's, you know, yes. all puns aside, he's all in. He's 100% on board with this. And the second takeaway I noticed was that Chris Jericho thinks very highly of Chris Jericho. Oh, yes. He certainly does. Like, like the whole, time he's talking i'm just like this dude is into himself <laughs> as he rightfully should like i'm not taking away uh, from it yeah i'd be the same way but i was just listening like this guy knows he's the shit so that's cool oh and uh, we'll, we'll kind of wrap this part up mike but something that i also i just want to bring it because we talked about it last week you know Jericho, for one point he made, is, you know, he's not just going to be the list guy because they have to knock this out of the park. He made that. He flat out said that. He also said something that I mentioned last week. Just because they're backed by billions, by a guy who has billions of dollars, that doesn't mean that they're just automatically going to be a success and they have unlimited access to that money. He actually said almost exactly what I said that billionaires don't, he said billionaires don't become billionaires by making stupid decisions. Yeah, he did. And he wasn't saying that this guy thinks that this company is a great decision. What he was saying is if this does not work out and they're not making money. And he actually said this, he said, they're not going to make money at first. There's a lot of stuff to put out, but he flat out said there's no guarantee that this is going to last forever. And he's right. And we said this. And I think the fans really need to calm down because they're, to steal a phrase from some other shows, they're working themselves in a shoot here with some of the stuff that we're going to get into here in a little bit, Mike. 
Yeah, they really kind of are working themselves into a shoot. What if like this? Yeah. Thing, what if this thing fails? Come double or nothing. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, Mike, this AEW is gonna continue throughout the show. This AEW talk, but to do that, we gotta take a step into the other side and back to our, you know, our home base, WWE. So we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the state of WWE, a little bit about the things that are going on in that world and in that universe. Hang tight. We will be right back. And now, a reading from the Nearfall Network's own real one, a.k.a. Enzo Amor. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, Marcus is here this week, huh? Enzo. What's happening, Mr. Marcus? How you doing today, sir? You you always have such nice things to say to me, and I want to do this as politely as I possibly can. You are the nice one, and I do appreciate that. I mean, I am. I am. Sorry, sorry, King. Uh, Listen, man. I thought we were getting, you know, getting our getting our good old Enzo back, but man. You know, we let you come in to the studio. I don't even usually have to show up, which is great, because I I have a lot of stuff to do. I do appreciate being somewhere warm. Yeah, I know you do. It's it's cold outside. Uh, Man, listen. You tell us what you're doing... And you, you know, you you, you tell us what we're going to do. I have to get everything together to produce this show. I don't have time to fix your mistakes, man. You said last week you were going to read the Happy Days theme. I did. So explain to me why you read Rockin' Around the Clock. Is that not the Happy Days theme song? No, sir, that is not. One o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, rock, four o'clock, five o'clock, no, six o'clock, rock. No, that is literally Fonzie, its own Fonzie, song. Fonzie, Fonzie, Richie. E, no. That's the whole song right there. I'm pretty sure Fonzie, Fonzie, Richie, Richie. Listen, Ralph I, I let it... Listen, I let it slide with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing. I understand that there's like a million different Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shows and you, for whatever reason, decide to read one that none of us even know anything about. Leave out the iconic 80s theme, whatever. You know, you did it again. You, you had your second chance, but dude, it's the happy days. Come on, man. You didn't recognize that when you started reading it? I'm sorry. I've never even seen happy days before. Mr. Parkins, don't fire me. This is all I got. I got nothing. I'm sorry. I just Googled it. I Googled happy days theme song lyrics, and that's what came up. I'm sorry. I didn't. <laughs> Listen, listen, Enzo, Holy Enzo. shit, dude. Bro, I've been what? quiet most of this, man. Like, I'm sorry to interrupt, Mike. But I've been quiet uh, most of this, but, like, this dude's, like, it, did the motherfucker just hiccup while crying? Oh. <laughs> He's oh, drunk, Mike. Can't I'm you smell him? <laughs> Don't fire. Oh, I, listen, listen. This Mike, is all, all I got to show my mom. Enzo, Enzo, uh, stop crying. Stop crying. I feel like I feel like I'm literally talking to my three year old right now. Stop crying. It'll be okay. I promise. Listen. You take promise? this week off. You promise? Listen. Take this week off. Go back in your tent in, in the backyard here, okay? 
I'm, I'll even be nice and give you an extra log for the fire this weekend. I could use an extra log for the okay. fire this so weekend. Just, just relax. Enjoy the snowstorm that's coming. And we'll get you back in here next week. And you, you can set this shit straight, okay? Alright, fair enough. Alright, I'm out, Enzo. Get yourself together. Wow is right. I Holy did cow. not see that total emotional collapse coming at all. I bet you feel terrible right now. I would me? Yeah, you feel bad about uh, things. I wouldn't feel bad about that, but you feel bad about things sometimes and that Listen, Mike, you can only give people so many chances and you, I mean you made him cry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make him cry. He makes himself cry by his poor life choices. What do you want me to say? You made him cry. He'll be all right. He, he, look, he's going to go back out. He's going to go in your backyard. I'm fucking tired. <laughs> he's going to get in his tent and cry himself to sleep. And, you know, cry. He, he was drunk. Did you smell him? I smell him every day, dude. He lives in my fucking backyard. Well, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. He'll sleep it off. He'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Anyway... Pro wrestling, man. WWE. Look, we've got some crazy things going on. For one, uh, Finn Balor's getting a universal title shot. What's that all about? Uh, <laughs> man, that's, I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's weird that it's happening right now. Like, if it happened at any other time, you'd be like, oh, cool, finally, Finn Balor getting a shot at Brock Lesnar. This is what we've always wanted. But it's happening now. And so it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Doing some different things to keep some attention, are you? But, you know, maybe, like, they came out and said a month ago that they were going to change things. We're going to give you what you wanted. Yeah, And, and maybe me, this was just me... part of it. Yeah, and I want to I want to circle back to that just real quick. Be, uh, a theme that's going to be recurring over like the rest of the show. Uh, not everything is a fucking direct response to what AEW's doing, you cocksuckers. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. And you know, to be fair, they said they were going to change things up before AEW was announced, and I'm sure they already had an idea. Uh, but uh, look. Now, some of this is probably due to Roman being out. Sure. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I said how many weeks ago they lost their top guy, which affected like four or five other guys, and everything's going to get shuffled around, and just calm yourselves, guys, because it's going to get better. And look, I'm going to be honest, man. Raw and SmackDown were really good this week. Yeah, they both were. I watched both this week, and they were both enjoyable shows. And by really good, I mean Raw didn't feel like a three-hour drag-along, okay? Uh, they told a story that kind of went through the entire show, which is what they've been missing for so long, and they did it on both shows. And they're trying to do things, I don't want to say more realistically, but 
uh, something I'm definitely going to get into because this is the biggest part of the segment is they're trying to make things seem more legit and give things stakes and give things reason. Some things might hit, some things might miss, but guys, we got to at least be happy that they're doing this stuff. Uh, real quick before I, we move I on, will, Mike. I, can I say real fast? I, I did really, really love how they told a story about Finn Balor throughout the whole episode of Raw. Exactly. I only had and, two real issues with it. Um, one, Finn Balor. Uh, um, not Finn Balor. Uh, Baron Corbin. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so they're like, look, man, you can pick one of these four dudes to have a shot at, right? And you can take their place. You mean gender? Yeah, gender. My, and... Same, same. <laughs> oh, yeah, gender. Where it was like... No, because Baron Corbin can actually wrestle somewhere. No, no, I'm talking about Baron Corbin. I'm legit... No, okay. Baron Corbin was part of it to start with, wasn't he? Yeah, Baron Corbin was already Yeah, it. No, uh, yeah, I'm talking about gender. Pick. Where I was like, really, dude? Um... We've watched Finn Balor fucking thump you, like, <laughs> once a month. A lot. <laughs> Since you went to Raw, like, why would you pick Finn Balor? Like, why? Like, this dude has consistently thumped you month in and month out on Raw TV. Why? Um, But I get it. They're telling the story. I, I get it. And then the other part I had a problem with was... I hate when, and occasionally this has to happen in wrestling to tell a story, but the announcers go fucking retarded. Oh, Finn <laughs> Balor, first ever Universal Champion, suffered that devastating shoulder injury and, and never has gotten a chance at the title he had to give up. Uh, wrong, wrong, wrong. Roman Reigns, the night after SummerSlam, was like, yo, I'm the champion now. Finn Balor, come out here and get your title shot. Yeah. And they did it yeah. just so we'd stop talking about it. Yep. And now, here yep. it is, as a plot device. No, quit being retarded. Quit. Just stop, man. Just stop. Just quit being fucking retarded. Yeah, we don't forget things like they think we do. Yeah, so those are my only two problems with it. But uh, those are minor gripes because, you know, um, I got to find complaints. <laughs> I don't I don't have to, but, like, I do. My wife tells me. It's, it's, my wife tells me that, I'm always see, looking for complaints and things. But that's, that's, a, that's a, see, that's an acceptable complaint because it goes through uh, continuity, which I've you know, preached about if they tighten up the continuity on some of this stuff, it would just auto every, like it wouldn't fix everything, but it would like put a lot of more things in place that fix some of the problems people have without them even realizing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't like, I hear people complain about like, why is this camera there? Why is that? I don't have a problem with that stuff. Like I understand some of it doesn't make sense, but at the same time, I also understand this is, a TV show, not a sports show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm also the same way. Um, well, here's the thing. It's a TV show, not a sports show. But um, I like that there are sometimes like a weird camera angle or sometimes you don't get a good shot because it does kind of eh, – because eh, we're supposed to be watching a fictional fighting company, an actual fictional sporting thing. So – I like that because that's how it is in sports sometimes. Sometimes you don't have the best camera on things at the time. So I kind of enjoy that personally myself. But whatevs. Who the fuck am I? <laughs> so, 
we'll, we'll definitely get on a fit. I want to talk. I, I, we have so much other stuff to talk about, so we'll save the Balor talk for next week when we talk about the Rumble, because that's probably going to be all in next week's show. So uh, there you go. Spoiler alert, or uh, what's it called? Cliffhanger. We're going to probably talk about my favorite pay-per-view of the year uh, next week. Anyway, they're doing things. We talked like about my favorite pay-per-view of the year two weeks ago. <laughs> okay, I want to say my most anticipated uh, pay-per-view, because I, I love the Royal I, Rumble. Again, it's, it's my favorite. Again, yeah. we well. talked about my most anticipated <laughs> pay-per-view here two weeks ago. Uh, something that piqued a lot of people's interest and ruffled some feathers is in WWE apparently doing some more uh, risque segments, uh, if you want to call them that, with... You know, the Alexa Bliss and the Mandy Rose uh, segment slash storyline. And I think we really need to take this to task. And I'm going into this blind, man, because I don't honestly know how you feel about it. So we'll kind of hash it out here. I feel different about each segment. Okay. Well, let's start with the Alexa Bliss segment. Okay. Because a lot of criticism I heard was it was completely pointless and there was no reason for it, and now she's dumbed down and feel like an object, and blah, 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 and they did it right before the tag title announcement, and this is bullshit, and women's women's wrestling is now back in the Stone Ages. Um, I don't totally agree with all that hoopla. I am more curious as to, like, where, what's the point? Well, here's what I said about that particular segment. I don't, it has to go, like, if it doesn't go anywhere, then it's stupid. There was no reason for it. But I can give you 5.8 million reasons why it wasn't stupid, and that's because that's how many people have watched it on YouTube as of this recording. I mean, there is that. I I guess, like, my feeling on it was, like, like, we know Alexa Bliss is a hot chick, right? (laughs) Clearly. Um... Hey, there's better ways to display it than this. Uh, this was well, you, this is just like I get okay. So, and and here's the thing, other thing, I'm willing to give it some time to develop and see. Well, let what me throw this to you because I didn't. For it, but right I now, I was pick, like, eh, it's kind of pointless. But like, right on, I guess. I, well, let me throw this to you because I didn't even pick this up, Mike. That was the same assistant from the week before that came out late with her coffee or tea or whatever it was. You recall that? Cuz I didn't even know I didn't put that together. Yeah. The for the for the first episode of A Moment of Bliss, he came out, interrupted the uh the segment and to give her her drink. Yeah, that's why I'm giving it some time to develop cuz it's obvious So this an week now he busts in while she, Yeah. Right. So now she but he busts in, you know, and he knocked, she didn't answer. People were oh, okay, whatever. I forgive that kind of stuff cuz it's it's a TV show, whatever. And she come, he comes in while she's getting dressed or whatever was going on there. And so now that's the point of contention. So obviously, I mean, I don't want to say obviously because maybe it was just TNA for TNA, but that at least it does seem like there's going to be some kind of story behind, and I don't know why they picked this guy, but you know, this, assistant and alexa bliss it's gonna lead it's it a real life boyfriend somewhere did you know that no it's not yes it is dude i'm not even pl- it's not 
<laughs> Listen, you. This, we're going to get to that, because you can't just say things, Mike, because then people just believe them. That's the point of just saying things, Mike. <laughs> That's half the point so, of having a podcast, is so I can come on here and be like, did you know... That Dean Ambrose gave Renee Young herpes, and that's why she married him, because she was like, fuck it, I got herpes, now I'm stuck with him. Like, did you know that? <laughs> Might as well stay with the you guy guys, keeps on you giving, You guys right? heard it here first. The only reason she married him is because he gave her herpes. That's a hell of a way to fucking... <laughs> See, that's the man version of, like, getting pregnant on purpose to tie someone down. Wow. It's just like giving you an STD <laughs> and then telling you who's going to love you now. Wow. <laughs> oh. Anyway, moving on, you go over to SmackDown and you have Mandy Rose, uh, doing, continuing this sexting slash, you know, homewrecker angle that she's doing with, uh, Jimmy Uso and Naomi. And dude, was the acting spot on? No, but it's wrestling. I love this. I you know love why, it Mike? too. Why? I love it because we now have a storyline with the women with no title involved. It's a blood feud. It's, it's something that I, I mean, I'm, believe me, I'm not equating it to this because they were never partners. They were, one was always a heel. One was always a face, you know, blah, blah, blah. But this is like the, like a reverse sort of of something that's done a lot. You know, in, in, on the men's side, which is like a, a mega palace story with Miss Elizabeth in the middle. You get what I'm saying? So it's not the same thing, but it's a different take on kind of the same story that we tell in wrestling a lot, where a woman comes in between two men. Now we have a woman who is a very attractive, very strong, very sexy, you know, individual using that as a strength to get what she wants, which is to piss off another woman she doesn't like. Yeah, I, it's just, it, it made, like, real life sense to me, because as, like, honest to God, like, we don't have to uh, joke around about it. Like, Mandy Rose is probably the most conventionally beautiful woman on the roster, right? And yeah. the most basic, common terms of beautiful and attractive, she is probably it, right? Yeah. So there's no need to, like, downplay that. Fucking play into it. Just like Eva Marie when she was here. She was probably the most conventionally attractive woman. She's freakishly yeah, I, beautiful. I would go with She's that. oddly beautiful. Yeah. Her skin is, yeah, like, is. glows a weird gold color. Have you noticed that? <laughs> like, she's so beautiful and, like, unearthly attractive that I, I would, like, the wife would watch Divas and I would watch it with her and I'd be like, this chick is so freakishly attractive. Her yeah, skin yeah. glows slightly like gold. Like, what yeah. the shit is that? So, like, Mandy Rose is like kind of on that level where it's like you're, you're. <laughs> it's almost like, like I said, it's like weirdly beautiful. It's like next yeah, level, and, and, like attractive. You know what? I'm just gonna say it because you can say that it's misogynistic. You can say whatever, but it's not. She's so beautiful. Both of those women are such beautiful women. You can't not look at them and think that. You can't not look at them and be attracted yes, to them. You, you can't. You have to use that. You have to use, and it, you have to like. It's such a part. Like you, they're so beautiful that when you look at them, that's all you think. You can like really think. Like it's right. hard. So uh, you really have to use it as part of their gimmick. And but here's the thing: a woman this attractive, right? Mm -hmm. If you hate another woman. 
you like you fucking hate her. Like I hate this bitch. And you're this attractive. Like the worst thing you could fucking do to this chick is fuck her husband. Right. And I love it because that's like such real world shit. Like everybody knows a chick that's fucked someone else's man because they hated her and they knew they could go fuck her man. And let me take it to another level because I think the even better part of this, and this is to give WWE some credit, is that she wasn't even going to do that. She just yeah. wanted Naomi to think that. So the ball's completely, completely in her court. She's not some, you know, oh, sorry to use the word, she's not some hoe bag. She literally just wanted Naomi to think it happened to make her mad, to ruin her life. For as shallow as all that is, like this makes Mandy Rose a a you know three dimensional character. It makes her a horrible person in this show, this television show that we watch. Mm-hmm. And I love that she's in control of it. And this is literally like the kind of storytelling that people have been screaming about. And then it's all like, well, this is horrible. It takes women's wrestling, you know, back to the stone age. No, it doesn't people. It actually, in my opinion, I think it takes it to the next level because, and this is something I wanted to talk to you and bring to you, Mike, we have to get back. We have to get to a point where we can go back to this gray area we used to live in because in certain aspects we still live in it but in other parts of society we don't and what happened to the strong woman who was still sexy because we can't have that now no apparently not even though we've got a roster full of them and and you know i know that you're you and I are big nerds, man, and I know that you watched this show too, and you were a fan of it. But I think a show in pop culture that did the sexy, strong female so well was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you watch that show, you know what I'm talking about. But this was a perfect blend of strength and power and sexuality. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And, exactly with a capital Z. Right, and I mean, like, I don't know <laughs> I, I, if this stuff turned you off and, and made you look bad at either one of the women or men involved in these skits, uh, at the company, it, then I don't, you're not pleasable. Like, was, were both of these segments perfect? No. Uh, and again, I go back, the Bliss one, if it doesn't go anywhere, then it was dumb, and I'll give you that. But it didn't hurt anything. You know, we're not doing bra and panties matches out there, guys. That's taking women's wrestling backwards. This is not. This is storytelling. It's no, no different than one of the uh, announcers or one of the females walking in on one of the guys getting out of the shower, which they've done before. You know what I mean? That didn't, you know... Someone walking in on, uh, you know, Seth Rollins, bad example, coming out of the shower with a towel doesn't take men's wrestling back to the Stone Age. You get what I'm saying? Like, you know we got to have equality so we can't have a double standard, man. It's funny that we talk about this. Last night, I, I, I was like, yeah, I'm going to pick up where I left off on the, As you guys know, I mentioned from time to time on here that when I don't have anything to do, I go back and watch Raw from 1997. Right. So last night, I was like, yeah, okay, well, I, uh, there's nothing to watch. Let me fucking turn on the old 1997 Raw and pick up where we left off. And it was an episode, and Austin walked in on Sable changing uh, in this segment. But in this segment, he walked in on her changing like four times in one segment. 
Like he's <laughs> looking for someone. Uh, so he walks in her dressing room and she's changing. But it's crazy because she's like in her shorts and she's like uh, naked from the like uh, waist up, right? She, but she's got uh-huh. a t-shirt and she pulls this t-shirt over over boobs and it's an Austin 316 shirt. She's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Looking for so and so." And she's like, "Well, he's not here." And he's like, "Well, all right." And he just kind of like hangs out for a second and she's like, "We'll go." And he's like, oh, "All right." And he leaves. And then, as soon as he walks out the door, he busts right back in on her. And he's like, he's like, what'd you say? And she's like, I didn't say anything. So he walks out, and he does this two more times. So, uh, you know, it, here's a sign of progress. We've got two almost identical um, scenarios, right? Except in one... The top female in the company was just used as a prop for Steve Austin, for the top male in the company. And the other one is a chick who's like one of the top chicks in the company, and it was a storyline built around her and her uh, getting her own talk show. So, you know, progress because, you know, we're not doing it just to use the chick as a prop. Like, we're furthering her in a storyline. So, yeah. Uh, also, progress. If they'd have done this fucking Mandy Rose story in the early 2000s, it would have been Tori Wilson, and she would have kayfabe fucked Jimmy Uso, okay? (laughs) In the early 2000s, when a chick was going to kayfabe fuck someone, there was no, like, playing with a photographer to trick someone into thinking they fucked them. They just kayfabe fucked them. I yeah. guarantee if you got on the phone with Tori Wilson, Stacey Keebler, Don Marie especially, Don Marie kayfabe fucked everybody. Like, Don <laughs> Marie kayfabe fucked other chicks. Um, yeah. I bet if you called any of those girls, they would have a roster of dudes that they kayfabe fucked. So, um... This is different. This chick had a diabolical plan, and she didn't have to kayfabe fuck anyone. Progress, motherfuckers. Progress. And... Once again, it's it's in the almost three million view range. So I mean, it it got people's attention, whether it was good or bad. Remember, any press is good press. Controversy creates cash. Whatever saying you want to throw in there. Uh, it, and besides, like I said, this is not bra and panties matches. This is not mud pit matches. This is not paddle on the pole matches. This is just storytelling. And I, I hate to break it to you guys, but. You can't just complain about everything because then it just seems like you like nothing. And we have to find that middle ground on some situations. And I think they did this, you know, on one side very well. On the other side, we'll see. But, you know, I think I the thing I want to take away from this, Mike, is it's getting better. There's not an argument. Like, the, the shows were significantly better and I didn't have a big problem with the last couple shows but these ones were way way better for three hour two hour wrestling TV shows they were not miserable to watch no and I enjoyed both of them and with all that enjoyment that you and I both got out of it we now need to circle back to the beginning of the show we're going to take a quick break we're going to get back into some Kind of AEW talk, kind of WWE talk, kind of just the insanity that is this buzz that's in the pro wrestling world right now. Hang tight. We will be right back. Say yeah. 
all right, Mike, we got to break this shit down. We got to be the voice of reason. We got to let everybody know, one, the sky's not falling everywhere. Two, uh, not everything you read on the internet is true. And three, some people work, some people, and sometimes people do things that are legit to benefit themselves. And we just got to, I think the best advice I could say to anyone is everything you read on the internet, especially when it's regarding uh, AEW and WWE, you need to just take with a grain of salt. I think at this point, yeah. So, some news came out uh, about midweek that several I don't even know how to phrase this. The the first news that came out was that the Revival had asked for their release. And of course, you know, everyone's saying they're going to AEW. Uh, it came out that one of them trademarked hashtag FTR. Uh, just all this stuff. And then there was a story that there was some, that they quit on a spot on after their match on Monday Night Raw and blah, 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 this, that, and the other. I, I, I don't know. But this then snowballs into Mike and Maria Canellis asked for their release. And then this snowballs to rumors are that Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson are going to not resign. And I think their contract's up in September. I They're not going to resign. They'd be more likely to go back to New Japan, but whatever. I see. I don't think Carl does, man. He's got like five kids. Yeah, that's true. And Gallows has a tattoo shop that he owns. He's got a wrestling school now that he's running. Like, I mean, I could see them go to AEW, but I just don't. And if they do, good on them. I hope it works out. But they also just got a—they just got uh, their own show on the network. Did They're they? doing Bosch Club. They're getting a full season. Oh, yeah! They did the little shorts that they released on YouTube, and it's going to be a full That's network special. Bro, like, I did see, not season. know that their little uh, botchmania ripoff was getting picked yeah, up. Yeah, and and uh, according to uh, Gala or. Anderson, sorry, is who said it. Like, he was hoping that that would take off because they have a lot of stuff that they want to do with the show. Uh, what they, he said what you saw in that was not even half of the stuff that they recorded just for that. And he kind of sounded excited about it. And I'm not saying that doesn't mean anything, but, and, and that's kind of the point I want to make. Look, just first and foremost, just because you hear something on the internet doesn't mean that it's true. And you also don't know the extent of what... See, these dirt sheet writers that everyone clings to get their information from a certain maybe superstar that they're friends with, uh, this, that, and the other. You, They don't know if they're being worked. Uh, a lot of times, maybe they get good information because, look, for this stuff to work the way the 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 industry and the company wants it, they got to give them some good information, but then they can work them too. You know what I mean? And... and that's to get the stories out that they want and frame a certain way. The whole Brock Lesnar and Vince McMahon getting into some battle in the backstage, that was all work. And I still hear people talking on podcasts about it being real. Mike, everything that happens on TV is real. Everything that happens is a work, and that's my point. And, like, the other thing that kind of blows my mind with all of this, Mike, is every single person that is every fan in their head thinks is misused is obviously going to AEW. And I think it's incredibly, 
it's silly. For one, you're building AEW up to something that they might not be able to be, and you need to stop that because if you get all this stuff in your head that this guy and this girl and this guy and that girl are going there and they don't, you're not going to like it. Or you're going to have less of an enthusiasm for it or you're gonna you get what i'm saying like if you this is why people when they fantasy book things they ruin it like when they're in their head about an idea and they get behind it so much and so much and then it doesn't happen it's not that what happened was bad it just wasn't what they thought would happen so they don't like it yeah and that's a real problem with fans these days it, and it's not just wrestling that's everything but hey especially man with you AEW, want to know something crazy i'm sorry to break in right now but so you know on TV shows, how when like they dial a phone number, it's always five 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 five, right? Right. Right now, I'm legit getting a fucking phone call from the number five 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 five. Really? That's interesting. I wish I could bring them into this conversation. Oh, you ain't kidding. <laughs> anyway, they just hung up. That was probably the devil, it's, so, you know. It's a it's a Nigerian prince, and all he wants from you is a bank account number so he can send you money. So here's the crazy thing. I'm not one to answer weird numbers, but that one right there, had we not been recording, that You'd shit, shit would have got answered. Yeah, totally. That's that's kind of crazy. So, all right. All right I'm back sorry to, to I just had to fucking share that, though. That was crazy. No, that's that's actually a uh, important thing to bring into the conversation, just because I've never seen that happen before. So I hey, screen captured it, so, you know, I'll post it on the page for the four people that fucking listen to the show and get on the page. Uh, there's way more than four, man. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm talking about our cross-section. Or what? Our cross section of people that listen uh, to this and look at the page. That's only like. Oh, four. yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, go to the page, man. Like, hit it up. Hit it up. We 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 don't like light the world on fire, but I mean, conversations are started, and and that's kind of where I want to go with this. And let's do it. If you got anyway. something to say about wrestling, go comment on. Fucking start a conversation. We'll join in. Yeah, like, fuck, you exactly. want to talk to Facebook. someone com. about wrestling? Facebook.com slash Nearfall Nation or Network. Sorry, I'm used to calling everyone Nation. <laughs> slash Nearfall Network. Facebook.com slash Nearfall Network. There we go. And make uh, a comment, man. We'll conversate. Like, if it's like two, here's the thing. Okay, I'm going to let you know. There's four of us that run this page. Two of us never sleep. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> so if you want to talk about wrestling at like 3 a.m., comment on our page and one of us will talk about wrestling with you at 3 a.m. Like, yeah, like there's, there's a, a good very good chance that any night at 3 a.m. one of us will talk to you about fucking wrestling. And Mike gets up about that. So he'll probably talk to I you do. about wrestling too. So there's like no <laughs> real time where you can't talk to someone about wrestling on this page. So if you got yeah. something to say, go fucking say it. Maybe you'd be like, yo, exactly. good point about what you said on that show. Or be like, yo, you're wrong because... And be prepared to defend why I'm wrong because I'm going to come at you with the fire of a thousand suns. I'm going to let you know. <laughs> but we will talk wrestling all night long. So, uh, you know, there's that. There's that. So back to this whole this guy, that guy, this girl, that girl is asking for their release. Uh this is this just paints the picture. You know, I'm hearing how, like, with Mike and Maria, a perfect example. It, WWE sucks. They misuse these this talent and blah, blah, blah. Listen, 
okay? I think WWE should be given credit for paying these two for the amount of work they've gotten out of them. Oh, you think? Um, I don't know, man. I get... Well, I, I, here. They... S- Go ahead. Listen, Go ahead. and again, I'm not trying to be sexist or misogynistic, but when you sign on to be a performer in a physical environment, don't you have, like, and maybe she told them, and I could be shooting out my ass here, but if they know that she's, like, trying to get pregnant, do they sign them? Was she trying to get pregnant? I don't know, but I mean, they're both adults and they have a a responsibility to their job to make sure she can be physical and be in an environment where physicality takes place. Do they not? I mean, I can't disagree. Here's the thing. If she was trying to get pregnant going into this, then like shame on them. Right. And I mean, and especially since here's the thing. Um, they didn't come in as Mike and Maria, his last name. Right. Bennett? Yeah, they hired them for her. Bennett, is that it? Yes. Yeah, they came in as Mike and Maria Canellis. Wasn't that her name? Canellis? Yep. Yeah, so they can't. It's like, see, that's how mis- that's how fucking underused they are. I don't even remember their last names anymore. So yeah, man, she was the selling point. So if her intention was to get pregnant, then yeah, they should have told them. Um, but go ahead, continue with what you're saying. That's just my thoughts. Well, on yeah, I agree with you. And, if her intention and, was to get pregnant, and like I said, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know. And look, you know, pregnancy is a beautiful thing. It's a miracle. All that. Believe me, I've had my own personal struggles. Okay. But I think that it's being disgusting said, and it destroys a woman's body and children are punishment well, for shoplifting in some countries, but that's just me. <laughs> that is just you. I'm so, perfectly okay with having my smoke show of a wife be a smoke <laughs> show of a wife until old age steals her body and looks from her. All right. So, <laughs> I went from being the misogynistic one to you being the misogynistic if one. If anyone's going to be wrecking that I'm body, saying. it's going to be me and Father Time. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say, Mike, is if they sign, like, and Mike was apparently, Mike Bennett was apparently addicted, I'm guessing, to pills. Uh, he was some sort of drug addict. He... I heard conflicting things that he went through rehab. Now I'm hearing that he didn't. I, and I don't know what's right, what's wrong. He apparently rehabbed himself. I don't know how that works, but look. I heard one time he were... offered to blow Pat Patterson for pills. Well, there's that. See, it's, all this stuff is out there, man. So you've got to realize, like, <laughs> this company signed these two for to be performers Within like a month or two, their whole gimmick was based on them being a loving couple and being, you know, this, that, and the other. Her being obviously a domineering woman because, I mean, he had her last name. It was supposed to work as a duo. So even if he wasn't the one dealing with his addiction, her getting pregnant ruined everything from a business standpoint. So how is that the company's fault? Because I can't. Yeah. So they weren't underused. They just weren't, didn't have the ability to be used the company wanted them to. Uh, with 
with the revival, man, I love the revival. But you know, when you come out to fucking crickets chirping, I, I don't think it's really the company's fault. They were huge in NXT. They had a little buzz when they came up. They got hit with in- injuries, and they don't connect at all with the main crowd, with the main roster crowd. I'm sorry, they don't. You know what I and think? And you of- can't blame all that on booking. You just can't. No, you know what I think part of the revival's problem is? Is that as soon as their theme music hits, I'm just immediately like, what the fuck is this nonsense? <laughs> well, you know what? Music makes a big difference, man. No it one, really does. Like, as soon as that rap country shit hits, I'm just, like, put in a total... I feel the same way about you that I feel about, like... It's got too much of a... Uh, and here's the problem. I get that they're going for like that like WCW 80s tag team wrestling style. But mm-hmm. like I don't need to be put in the mind frame of it totally. You know, that's what mm-hmm. it feels like. Like you're we're southern wrestlers, grapplers. Got this country hip hop playing. Like, uh <laughs> I, the, the presentation just doesn't there's something about the presentation of it all man that's just not working for these guys it's not it's not because their ring work should be speaking for itself it should be and it's not and like i said i don't you can't you can blame a little bit of it on a booking you can blame a little bit on of it on the presentation but it 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 comes back to bailey and sasha man those characters haven't changed at all and the revival came up from nxt they should have noticed hey something's not quite clicking here let's tweak this let's tweak that is that fully on them no but at the same time everyone says they want people to be in control of their character and then when nothing changes like they need to make the change you know what i mean just go out there and do it you don't have to fucking blow the doors off the wall off the car and you know change everything about you but make enough subtle changes that you start to connect and they just don't they just don't like for real these guys been around for like what like four years now came on nxt yeah something like that all i know about them still is that they don't do flips and they just like fisting. Yeah, man, which, you know... <laughs> if you've ever done it once, you're just like, this is kind of gross. <laughs> so... <sighs> I guess... Disgusted with me come... and you right now. <laughs> when we, when we, this show's just off the rails. When we come back to it, man, like... I, like... I, how what What does all this mean, Mike? Because... Could could the revival just be like doing this to get that push? You know, are they thinking that's the way to do it? Which look, they're not. They're they're regardless of what you want to believe. I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, it's being reported that WWE is not releasing any stars that are asking for their release right now because of AEW. Of course, the huge AEW marks that hate WWE is it's because WWE is scared. You know, WWE, a company that can fill a football stadium for WrestleMania, is scared of a wrestling company that is not put on a professional wrestling match yet. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, anyway. I, I bet they're really worried about the revival and Mike fucking <laughs> Bennett jumping ship and turning the... Like, quit talking about these guys like we're talking... Like, seriously, we're acting like the Revival and Bennett and Dolph Ziggler leaving are the equivalent 
to like Benoit, Malenko, Saturn, and Guerrero jumping ship here. Like, okay, all right, what's Dolph Ziggler, Benoit, and fucking that makes, uh, what, uh, Bennett? <laughs> fucking Eddie Guerrero in this scenario? Okay. Right, right. And, and, and granted, you know, I heard it floated out there. They don't want another, you know, they don't want a Stone Cold incident, which, I mean, Vince, or Eric Bischoff fired Steve Austin. He comes to WWE, becomes a big star. But that's not going to, it's such a rare thing to have happen the way that it happened with him. And, and I don't think that's just, you know, like, like Kurt Hawkins is not going to leave WWE and become Stone Cold Steve Austin okay, in but, AEW. But here's the it's thing. just not. But here's the thing. Someone will. Yeah, there's a possibility. Someone will. I don't even think it's a possibility. There's going to be someone. Okay. So and, let me take it to you this way. And I'm not even saying, but... like, it's going to be a Stone Cold level. But, like, or maybe that someone already's happened. Maybe that someone's Cody. Um, but right, there and is that's gonna not be, to that level. And it's not to that level. But there is going to be someone in this that gets released or asks for their release that WWE lets go. That does go become a star there. That is gonna happen. Yeah, it, yeah, that's that's inevitable. But what I'm saying, okay, look at look at look look at Juice Robinson. He's a prime example. He was nothing in NXT. He went to New Japan, created himself a new character. He's he's over there, man. You know. But what I'm saying is, they're saying they don't want to release someone and have a Stone Cold come out of it. And I would translate that as someone that became so big that they helped destroy the company they left. Yeah, and I don't think you're gonna. There's, it's not possible That's to have not someone like happen. that anymore. If it's just not no and i don't i don't want to say that it's impossible to happen it's just that's not something that happens like that's just a regular thing you know a, what i mean yeah a big star will come out of this but yeah sure it's not going to be sure. anywhere it's also it's impossible to create a stone cold steve austin anymore like that's not i don't think it's realistic to think that like you can create a stone cold steve austin in modern day wrestling no i would agree with that but i mean i think I like okay. I, I just literally before we recorded had an interaction with a fan. Um, <laughs> I use the term me loosely. Uh, I'm starting to already not like the hardcore AEW marks because it just let things happen because you're setting yourself up for disappointment. You know what I mean? A and this this is the kind of shit I'm talking about. Kevin Owens tweeted a picture. That has, uh, the Dusty Classic trophy in a case. Uh, you know, has the American Dream over top of it, has Dusty's picture on the bottom, and, you know, all this stuff. Uh, you know, this really nice display that's probably in the Performance Center. So, I would assume that he's kind of hinting that, hey, I'm, you know, training again. You know, I'm inspired by Dusty Rose. You get what I'm saying with this? Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's uh, there's a sticker on one of the windows. If you really zoom in on a picture, it says Elite FTS. That is a training thing, I believe. Someone circles that, you know, because everybody that says anything on Twitter now is leaving WWE and going to, WWE, to AEW. I'm not sure if you're aware, but anybody that has anything that's not just like, hey, I'm going to be at the Royal Rumble, they're leaving the company to go to AEW. So someone had uh, 
tweeted and like responded to this, adding Cody Rhodes to it, and says Kevin Steen sounds like an elite wrestler to me. The dude just signed a five-year contract. Like, you need to stop reading into this shit. And, like, you're going to set yourself up for disappointment. Let things develop. You want to speculate, fine. But you start throwing all this crazy shit out, like a guy who just signed a five-year contract is going to leave the company. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. And the last thing I want to bring to you, Mike, is, you know, they're they're all the talks. They're not going to let people out of their contracts. And people were acting like WWE are assholes for, like, not letting people leave. I'm sorry, but I thought a contract was a contract, Mike. Yeah, I'm sorry. If somebody, if somebody signed a contract to do a job for X amount of time, then they're supposed to honor it. Why is WWE and Vince McMahon the bad guys for wanting to uphold a contract? I really, that's something I've really been shocked by. Is everybody just acts like a contract is like whatever. Well, I mean, they want to go. Well, that's cool, man, but we got it for two more fucking years. Right, and yeah, sure, you listen You listen to Bruce Pritchard, and he'll say that a lot of times Vince would just let people leave. If they were unhappy, he didn't want them around, and I totally get that. But in this day and age, especially with an upstart you know, promotion... It would be a bad business move for him to just be like, hey, everybody that's unhappy, just get out of here. Yeah, you can go ahead and go now, guys. <laughs> and, and the other thing I want to throw out there, Mike, and we'll kind of finish up with this. Why is every... I don't want to say every fan, because that's not fair, but why is there such a picture painted by a majority of wrestling fans that Vince McMahon is Satan and WWE is hell? I don't understand this. If if it was if he was that bad, would Chris Jericho say how much he loved a man? If he was that bad, would would so many people who have gone so far and so big in this business thank him for everything he did for them? If he was that bad and the company was that bad, would they be worth the money they're worth and still be in operation? No, that's I just don't understand that at all either. It's just it's the worst place ever to work. It's hell. But okay, well, why the fuck's everyone want to be there then? Right. And, and sure, you could say, oh, "Well, it's the only place to work where you can make a lot of money until now cuz AEW, man." Okay, cool. Whatever. But look, dude, like all I when I see this kind of shit, you know, it's it's the people who aren't getting the push they think they deserve. It's the people who aren't getting the spotlight they think they deserve. And maybe, hey, are some people misused? Yeah, sure. Of course they are. But you can't have a roster the size that they have and use everybody 100% perfect. It's just not going to happen. So are there guys and girls who might leave and find success elsewhere, whether it be AEW, New Japan, Ring of Honor? Yeah, 100%. But that doesn't mean WWE's just bad at making stars because, hello, Hulk Hogan, uh, John Cena, The Rock, Stone Cold, uh, half the guys that were, you know, Jericho, Triple H, these guys are stars. And they all came through this company. And, you know, if you talk to any of those guys, I bet you if you caught up Roman Reigns right now, he'd still be pretty happy with the fact that he works for WWE. 
I bet there's a lot of people that are still happy that they work for WWE. I, I would say there's more happy about it than unhappy. I would be inclined to agree with that. Uh, so I think, I think people just need to calm down and realize that, like, yeah, one, it's a TV show, two, it's a business, and three, your favorite isn't always everybody else's favorite. And just quit saying absurd shit. Just, just stop. <laughs> Just quit saying, like, nonsense, unproven bullshit. Um, did you see the one I sent you? There's a page <sighs> about the uh, about the bankruptcy. Oh, yeah, 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 there's, yeah, yeah. There's totally. a page I follow on Facebook, y'all. It's um, I only follow it for trolling purposes. It's called the Ruthless Era, or the Ruthless Aggression Era. But they, they post on, like, zero shit about the Ruthless Aggression Era. And everything they post is, like, clickbaity shit about, like, modern-day wrestling. So I just troll the fuck out of them. And, like, any time they post about, like, Kenny Omega, I'll be like, Kenny Omega was my favorite Ruthless Era aggression wrestler. So I just fucking troll them. And uh, it's, starting, <laughs> yeah, right. it's starting to get to the point where, like, they're starting to, like, argue back with me. They'll, like, leave a Ruthless Era aggression, like, match <laughs> as a reply comment. And they'll be like... Will this shut you up now? And I'm like, no, man, I didn't want to see Lesnar versus Goldberg for Mania. Um, <laughs> so then I troll him even harder. Uh, the other day, they actually posted something from the Ruthless Aggression era, and I have to comment. I was like, did I make this happen? <laughs> but no one commented back. But um, so it's this stupid fucking Facebook page, and someone left a comment on one of the AEW posts and said, WWE has already filed for bankruptcy. They're so worried about AEW. And I was like, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. This I is, love this. This is this is great. This is the dumbest fucking comment <laughs> I've ever read <laughs> in my life. And I was like, so you're telling me that they just signed two separate billion dollar deals? have like a million plus of Saudi oil money coming in every year. <laughs> but, million plus. They, but they're so damn scared of AEW that they've already filed for bankruptcy. Like, uh, do you a have, company that hasn't put a match on yeah, yet. Do you have any idea how fucking retarded you sound right now? Like, this is the shit that gets uh, us. Like, right, you could be an AEW mark, but just don't be a fucking idiot. Don't say absurd bullshit that has no, like, fucking basis in reality. Oh, man, yeah. my fucking, yep. my best friend's older brother told me WWE's already fine. Like, that's the shit that you said in the 90s. When there was no yep. fucking internet and no way to know literally everything that's fucking happening in the world of wrestling at your fingertips. Like, come the well, fuck on. Yeah, it's it's insanity, and I think everybody just needs to... You wouldn't know my girlfriend. She lives in Canada. <laughs> yeah, relax and just let it develop. And you know what, Mike? This is fantastic because I just came... This came full circle, and I have the best way to end this because, as you know... You know, things just happen, and social media, we stay in touch, and I, 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 this is perfect, Mike. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Maria Canellis just posted on Instagram. I was not going to address this, but I am getting phone calls and emails about it. All caps. I did not ask for my release. 
Speculations and rumors are running rampant. Someone is playing all the wrestling news sites. It's a game. I've been in professional wrestling for 15 years, and what I do in front of the camera will only be a small part of the full story. I have relationships with fans, talent, producers, and their families. I have been in the hospital when people have been injured and backstage to hug someone that just had a great match. I don't need to stir up shit. I don't need to put others down. I am an imperfect human that has learned from past mistakes. Whoever is leaking rumors, I pity you and your desperate attempt for attention while disparaging my husband and I. I'm going to take the weekend off of social media to hang out with my beautiful family, and I suggest whoever it is does the same. Social media is not fact. It is fantasy, a nightmare, or a place for bullies. I want us... I want to use this for motivation to be positive every day. I am still learning how to be a mom. I still fight postpartum depression, and I still try to become a better person every day. I don't need this made-up extra stress. I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend, and thank you for your support. Oh, God, I love being right so much. <laughs> so... Uh... I don't think I had anything else to say. You fucking marks feel that. Oh, that is me and Mike just A-framing you right now. Oh, yeah, he's balls deep behind you, and I'm down your throat. (laughs) Oh, we're just giving you the truth from both sides. Yeah, you like that? I know you do. Yeah. All right, you just slipped into Ken Kniff from Connecticut in more ways than one, I think. Yeah. I did, didn't I? That was Ken you Kinnett did. from Connecticut. You mm, really, really yeah, did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I literally, I don't even know what to say anymore. Look, hey, I, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, Xavier Woods was hanging out with Cody Rhodes, so was Alina Vega, at the uh, Mortal Kombat 11 reveal, so obviously they're both going to AEW. Just oh, so you know. well, Zelina Vega is married to Aleister Black. She's taking him with her. She, he's not even going to the main roster ever. Yeah, he's I've only, heard that he's too. A, he's, only also, a, he's only a future franchise player that they're just going to let slip away. Well, I also heard that they're in talks, AEW is in talks to buy NXT off of WWE, and that's just going to be where they start their product. Yeah, I heard that they were, Triple H, they were buying him too, he's part of the deal, he's going to be like an actual human slave, they're going to own him. I heard Stephanie McMahon also asked for her release. Yeah, definitely, she asked for her release, she uh, is going to be, she's going to go be, um, well she's not going to be the chief brand officer anymore because that's what, uh, Brandy's doing, but she's going to be yeah. a consultant over there as well as on-air talent. Yep. Well, it all makes sense to me, man. It all makes sense. Guys, I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We will catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. We fucking love you. Have a great week. I've been trying to sass for 25 years. These animals are real. A sinner. A sinner. A Both biggest acts in the world, Mark Wahlberg, uh, also known as a celebrity Bigfoot hunter. Welcome back to uh, another episode of uh, uh, Search for Bigfoot. I'm 
so fucking cold I can't even remember the name of the show anymore. Uh, so, uh, if you've been following along with us, uh, you know that we're out here in the, the, the fucking woods of Ohio. We're searching for the high five motherfucker because he's been out here getting molested by Bigfoot for like for like six months now. And his friends are fucking worried about it. Uh, I did one time. Uh, so here we are now. Uh, we've been out in the woods uh, for, like, for, like, for, like, for like two fucking months now. I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm, fu I'm fucking cold. I grew up on the south side of Boston, and it's fucking cold on the south side of Boston. Uh, uh, but, but like, we get to go indoors in there and shit. Like, uh, granted, we had like, we had like nine brothers and sisters. My brother Donnie and I. Uh, Donnie, Donnie, are you still alive over there, Donnie? It's, it's fucking cold, Donnie. Steve, Steve, I don't, I don't know if I can do this anymore, Steve. I'm really fucking cold. I wasn't, I wasn't made for the outdoors, Steve. I, I, I know I play a tough guy in all my movies, except for the happening. Where I was a school teacher. That's right. Can you believe that I played a school teacher? I'm shocked by it too. But, but I'm not really like like, like a tough guy like that. I, I was a pop star, and I'm only like five eight. Uh, I, I'm, I'm fucking cold here, Steve. I, I, I'm kind of jealous that you ain't corporeal as a ghost, and that you cannot feel what I'm feeling right now. I feel fine, Mart. Now, mate. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you, Steve. Steve, Steve, I just want you, I just want you to know, Steve. What's that? If I die, I just want you to know that I'm, I'm really sorry for calling you a piece of shit the last few weeks, giving you a hard time for being a deadbeat ghost dad. You're like, like, you remember, like, you remember last week, uh, you remember, you remember last week when we were out in the woods, and, and I said that you were a worse ghost dad than Bill Cosby, like, I'm sorry for that, like, 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 that, like, I've never known you to rape women, so I'm sorry about that. But, 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 Crikey. I, I, I want you to know, Steve. I, while I am sorry about it, I, I just, I just, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me, Steve. I don't know why I did those things. I'm so cool. I know that I edited the show last week to make it sound like you didn't know your son's name, even though you don't know your fucking son's name. But so I probably didn't Rabbit. have to edit the show. But like, I'm very sorry for calling you a fucking piece of shit last week, Steve. Oh, I don't want to die with that on my conscience. <sighs> Mark, Mark, Mark. It's quite all right. I, I forgive you, clearly. You try to make yourself sound like the better man. Uh, I'm not sure why. You have all the money, fortune, and fame that one could ever ask for. You edited me out of the show, clearly, talking about my son Robert. I call him Bobby. I used to call him Bobby a lot, but it sounds like Bobby, like I'm throwing a shrimp on a Bobby. I'm not throwing my son on a Bobby. That would be child abuse. Please do not edit that and make it sound like I was cooking my son before I was killed by a stingray. Steve. Steve. I'm sorry. Yeah. You clearly were a loving father in life. Yeah. You're a mediocre best father in death. But I didn't have to call you a piece of shit. For, for some reason, Mark, I have a feeling... Once you get your feeling back and your fingers and toes, you're going to change your tune, mate. Steve. Steve, I don't want to... I don't want to die, Steve. Here's the thing, Steve. You're not going to die, mate. I don't even... I don't even know the high-fiver motherfucker. Like, we're just out here. Like, we're not even getting paid. Like, I just... I don't even know why I volunteered us for this, Donnie. Free advertisement for your car lot, Mark. Don't you remember? Oh, yeah. We don't even need that. I'm the fourth biggest celebrity in the world. This is crazy. Uh, is Donnie doing alright? How's Donnie? I haven't heard Donnie's voice in a while. Donnie! Don't you, don't, you, don't you hear the hammering, mate? What's Donnie doing? What's he hammering? Donnie is setting laws. 
bait for the Bigfoot. Oh. Nailing, uh, nailing hot pockets to uh. the trees to lure him out so we can find that hairy motherfucker so we can find the high-fiving motherfucker. Well, what's good? It's good that someone, someone started doing some goddamn animal hunting stuff around here, Steve. Isn't that why we fucking brought you back from the dead? I, well, my I, was, out here. I was assuming that was the case, mate. Well, but... it's about time. Dottie! Hammer those fucking ham and cheese ones. Don't be wasting the pepperoni. Oh, a hot pocket would be really good right now, Steve. It would make me warm. It's got hot in its name. You broke the microwave, mate. Put it in the fucking oven then, Steve. You could cook it over the fire that you could clearly be warming your hands and feet on if you weren't, uh, you know, too busy wiping the tears from we've, your face, we've you got, piss baby. We've got a fucking fire? We've got a fire going? It's right behind you. Oh. Well, well, that changes everything then, Steve. Negate everything that I just said. I'm not going to die. There's a fire. I'm going to go get warm right there. I'm literally getting warm on this fire already. Steve, you're still a fucking piece of shit. I take back everything I said. Call your fucking family. Crikey. You fucking piece of shit. Deadbeat ghost dad. You're a worse ghost dad than Bill Cosby, Steve. It still stands true and it's still as funny as it was last Ugh. week, Steve. <laughs> Thank you, Grant, folks. Uh, mate. You know what, mate? I'm going to go help Donnie finish up with the Hot Pockets, show him where to put them so we can find this friend of the drive-by guys and be done with this shit so I can go back to heaven and play with all the extinct animals. That's good, because I was going to end the show anyway. Thank you guys for stopping. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for stopping in this week. Uh, come back next week. It's funny that Steve thinks we're sending him back to heaven. We're sending you to hell, motherfucker.